Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. What up? Thanks, guys. So good to see you guys this evening in one minute. It's going to be five. All right. Well, I'm excited to be with you guys. So at the end of service, you'll see a lot of times we call out words of knowledge at the end of our service. And I was going to speak at, on a Wednesday night for us for do some, some training for our ministry team. And I just, I put my, I have, I have a note just with a whole bunch of testimonies that I've just gathered in my personal life over, I don't know how many years, lots of years. I think there's a note in there from 2002. So that's about when it started. But I heard this, uh, this testimony that I'd love to share with you guys again. I, I, I've shared it a little while ago, but the testimony was this. I was at the end of service, and sometimes I get, you know, just fun words of knowledge about specific things, most of the time dealing with healing. And that, we were at the ABC building, and I called out, hey, there's a guy here who stepped on a nail in the last seven days. And uh, pardon me, I didn't say guy. I said there's a person here who stepped on a nail in the last seven days. And, and we'd love to pray for physical healing for you. And so this gentleman, this gentleman walks up to me, and he says, I'm the guy that stepped on a nail. I just got out of prison uh, I think it was like, I forget what it was, eight days, nine days prior to that. And three days prior to him coming to church, he stepped on a nail. And somebody told him that there's this church that God shows up at called Bethel Atlanta. And that God wanted to prove himself real to this man to encounter him with his love. And I'm like, oh, you don't need healing. This is just showing you that God is madly in love with you. And I just thought that was fun. I haven't, I've, again, I love revisiting testimonies, just revisiting what God has done. He's done so much. He's really, really good. Man, he is so good. He is so good. Ah, oh, well, yeah, that was just fun. So, tonight... I am gonna, I'm gonna talk to you, it's good, really good. I wanna talk to you about growth and being intentional and kind of what it looks like to grow in the context of family. But before I really get into my message tonight, I'm super excited really just to launch something called Bethel Health. Some of you guys have maybe heard about this or know about this, but it's something, thanks, it's so good. It's something I've been working on, that, that our team has been working on 
for, for me, I, I realize it's been lots of years and, and coming to Atlanta, um, there was just kind of clarity, you know, the first couple of years I was here, what I was doing, there was clarity that, hey, we need to build an awesome team. And so today, just so you, could, you guys know, I'm launching Bethel Health and I'm describing and what it is to the whole community. So we're going to go through a couple slides. And in these, I'm going to go through some of them really fast. Most of all of this information is on the website. You guys will notice at the info booth, if you come in um, to the church, it's right here to my left. If you're going straight out these double doors. They, they have our church property plans. If you want to check out some stuff, we have a, a place there that you can look at the plans and see what um, God is doing with the property. And I, there's been this message germinating um, in me just for years, this heart to see what Solomon started actually finish. And obviously Jesus was the fulfillment of what Solomon was establishing, which was a kingdom that will not come to end and it's the Lord's reign. And so in that, we're looking for a place and a people that really know how to steward that. And so I, I feel like there's some things that connect in with that. So let's start. So Bethel Health, everybody say Bethel Health. So this is our overarching what we do um, in the, the, what was used to be called the Transformation Center for us locally. And what is it? It's called the Transformation Center in Reading. We have some little bit changes of what we're doing to it. So let's just move forward with this. These are our core values. Everybody say core values. I love core values because they're life-changing. You know you have a high value when it changes in your life. You know you have a core value when it's unchanged. It's unchanging. Well, this is our Bethel Atlanta's core values. And so uh, Dan Fairley wrote a book recently called uh, uh, Kingdom Culture, which Bill Johnson and... Uh, Danny and their whole team, Danny Silk and, and Chris Valentin, all kind of went through all these things over the last 20 years. And now there's a book kind of dedicated to these. I encourage you to pick that up if you have not gotten that. And this just speaks of our core values. So Bethel Health's vision. At Bethel Health, we believe that you want to grow in health. Did you know that's just who you are? You want to grow. It's in your DNA now, being a son and daughter of God, that you want to grow from glory to glory. It's just who you are. You wake up in the morning like, oh, I just need some more glory today. And I'm connected to the vine, just connected in, and he's so good. And obviously, um, that only comes through Jesus. That only um, gr true growth only comes in being connected to him and what he purchased for us. Don't you guys love the, the message that we are no longer slaves to sin? We are no longer sinners, but now we are saints. It's just who you are. It's your identity. And so now we don't wake up with, oh my goodness, I have to grow. I'm bad. I'm a worm. And maybe someday I'm going to get better. The moment you met Jesus, um, the moment he died on the cross 2,000 years ago, and the moment you said yes to him, everything changed. You went from death to life. And so we don't wake up with, oh my goodness, this, this, this gross pressure to grow. Growth is actually built in you now. It's just walking with Jesus every day. Just walking with Papa every day. And so one of the things that we're looking to do is do this in the context of community. 
And I, I think it was, it was someone really recently said, it's easy to think you're at the height of spirituality when you're sitting in a cave and all you do is pray and read the Bible. If you want to know if you truly have grown, get around other humans. Have some kids. Get married. Uh, yeah, reverse the order. Thank you. Thank you. This is health, right? Thank you, Steve. And so I personally, I love, I love singleness. I love people who have chosen to just live life single and serving the Lord and giving their life to serve Jesus in that way. I think it's beautiful. So there's a quote that says, if you want to serve Jesus, stay single. But if you want to become like him, get married. Whoa. Why? Because it pulls the life out of you. It pulls that waking up every day. Whoa, I need to grow. There's more. There's more. Which we, love, we love sanctification. We love this. So, but this is what the general of what Bethel Health is. And in Bethel Health, we have a few different things. We have a health center that houses counseling, coaching, and sozo. Hey, if you're part of Bethel Health, if you're part of our sozo team, our counseling team, our coaching team, you're going to do health groups, any of that kind of stuff, could you stand up for me? If you've done sozo, if you're part of our team, just give these guys a big hand. We love these guys. We love you guys. Just a great team. We have such an amazing, man, you guys are an amazing group of people. So this is the health center. In that we have coaching. Uh, pardon me, we have counseling. That's really growing from the inside out. The next slide. And again, I should have told you to do this. Pull out your phone if you want, and you can take pictures. Or again, most of this stuff's on the website. We have coaching, which is really um, allowing you to walk out your dreams, your passion, your goals, uh, those kind of things. We have a team of people that would love to serve you in these different areas. Um, we're now preparing for just uh, the influx of people that want to become like Jesus, which is just preparing for marriage. I love it. I love it. And so we have that. If you want to get married at Bethel, uh, we have a class that, that you can go through just to grow in relationship. Blake and April. April oversees that. April Healy oversees that for me. She's an amazing woman of God. We will have another one soon, but we just had that last week where a group of people came together just to grow in that, that, that area of just preparing for marriage. Sozo. Again, if I could just make the biggest plug in the world for Sozo. Sozo was life-changing for me. Sozo is a Greek word that simply means saved, delivered, and healed. And it's really what Jesus paid for um, you at the cross. And so I love those moments, though, when you, you wake up to realize there's more. And for me, Sozo, in 2004, I had a Sozo that changed everything in my life. 
And I sat on Father God's lap in this uh, context of first forgiving um, other people, asking, um, repenting for some things. And in this session, in this one-on-one session, I ended up sitting on Father God's lap. And, and this religious boy who, yeah, I had a heart for Jesus, cared about him so, so much, but I had a lot, I learned a lot of religion. I learned a lot of bad patterns, and I was working for love rather than from love. And in that moment, I sat on the father's lap, and, and the, the father looked at me, and he said, you don't have to do a thing, and you're worth it. And all I can tell you, I was only 23 years old, but just that whole, I got saved when I was three. A lot of training on good stuff and a lot of religion. And that religious thing that was on me just fell off me. And there was a transformation. For the next three months, Jen can attest to this, I would just lay in my bed every night and electricity would just, and I'd pretty much rock myself to sleep from electricity just hitting me. I don't know if Jen could go to sleep, but uh, I was sleeping like a baby. And just the Lord kind of just kept on washing over me. But Sozo is just a, an inner healing tool technique that we lead people into an, a deeper encounter with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So if you haven't got a Sozo, I highly recommend it. Health groups, it's something we're just launching. You just heard from Michael a moment ago. We have special interest groups. We have life groups, which are places that you can encounter community. Health groups are gonna be designed for you to grow in health in the context of community. And we have right now, we have a, 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 a sexual health group for men just to grow in health in that area. We also have a Sozo aftercare group. And in the next, I see in the next year, us launching probably uh, around 12 more groups that just are places for you to grow in the context of community through training and equipping in specific areas. So if you're interested in being a part of a health group, we would love you to be part uh, of, of leading a health group. Um, everybody, Kachid, wave Kachig. He's my man. And then I have to highlight his wife. Elise, can you stand up? Stand up. Elise has been my, uh, the Bethel administrator for me for the last uh, year. We just came up on a year. And I think my, my friend Daniel Weber said it really good today. Um, she took everything that's been in this guy's head and finally got it actually practical on paper in a place. And jokingly, we said today, that I'm like, she probably needs a sozo just to get out of Justin's head because <laughs> it's a little bit scary in there. Danny Silk told me yesterday, he said, Justin, you're like a guy. Have you seen that guy in the circus? That it's a plate spinner. He could spin like 50 plates at once. That's this thing up here. It's just spinning a whole lot of things. Sometimes I dream I'm taking over the world at night and then I finally fall asleep and nothing's actually happened. But man, the whole world's free, saved. The kingdom has come. It's awesome. But uh, Elise is, is, is just super helpful to me and our team just getting all this stuff really clear and on paper. I'm just so thankful for her. So give her another big hand. We love Elise. But Kachig helps me with, uh, with home group, I mean with health groups. So he's going to be part of that. Um, so if you're interested in running a health group or being a part of that team, contact him or me. So this is something I'm super excited about here. 
the health campus. I'm going to take you a little bit on a journey through the property here and what we hope to do in the property. So this right here is the overall picture of the, the 56 acres and the 42, 43 acres. So some of you guys have seen some of this stuff. I'm going to try to highlight some stuff with this little green um, dot. So in this, you have the front. This is where the church is going to be. This is 74 right here. In 74, this is Tyrone Road. This is Far Road right here. This is the entrance to the property right now. And then this is where the offices are right now. This is where the, um, the counseling and the health center is right there. This is the lodge. If I can hold still. Nope, can't do it. So what we're super excited about doing, obviously the, the front half we've been talking about tons, which is this, just getting the, building the church. And we're so excited to do that. I, I want to say this. It's priceless to come together and worship. There's so many people right now that are, that are missing this piece, probably because they've tasted the thing I tasted for so many years, which was dead religion. So they said they didn't want to be a part of that. The challenge is, is there is so something life-changing about coming together to worship. I'm going to talk about this in a moment, but the little church that I came from in Humboldt County has produced so many worldwide amazing leaders. And, I, and again, the culture wasn't perfect, had a lot of religious stuff attached to it. Can I tell you one thing they did really well? Worship. And I remember as a little boy being... Oh, I can tell you vision after vision over and over of sucking carpet in this place during a worship service, just encountering God. So we want our kids and our grandkids to experience worship together in a community. A community that's number one thing is going after the presence of God which is the chief thing that Bethel is built upon, is going after Jesus together in worship. Going after Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and just say, we exalt you, we love you. And everything shifts in those type of meetings. It's the one thing you can't do on your own. You can't be corporate or a body on your own. And we are that. So, um, that was one of my bunny trails. I don't know how I got there, but it was a good bunny trail. So, <clears throat> this right here is what I want to talk to you for a moment about. This is super exciting. So, this right here is the entrance road. These are some trees. I'm super excited about those. Everybody say fruit trees. I'm serious. I'm not joking here. You're going to hear things out of me that you're going to be like, what are we talking about? Everybody say fruit trees. Everybody say garden. Everybody say barn, barn. Gymnasium. gymnasium, prayer house. I'm excited about all these things, which is Bethel Health. So uh, these are things that aren't existent yet, 
But ultimately, when you come on far road, I mean, pardon me, off a far road onto our driveway, the prayer house is ultimately going to be right here. This is where someday we ultimately dream of having a barn that houses a gym where people can come and exercise, they can play basketball, but also it really is a barn that holds things like a couple horses. We've called it the horse farm forever. It's been void of horses. Goodness sake, I want some horses on the land. One of my friends back in California, she got healed by working with horses. She saw the beauty of God in horses and just things begin to change with her. Things are amazing. So, I love his creation. So, um, and I'm going to take you kind of on the virtual journey of this. So, in that right here, this is where the garden's ultimately going to go. So, let's just take you on it. So these are, this is Justin Stockman pictures, so forgive me if they're not awesome. I think they're all right. There's a lot of shadows that day. So welcome to the health campus. So you're coming through the gate right here to your, um, this right here to the left. This is where all the, the fruit trees will line all of that. We come into here. This is, this is a little bit further up. I'll give you another angle here. It's the back side. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know, but I just encounter the Lord with George's beauty. It's a, we live in a beautiful place, guys. And so we ultimately are going to have fruit trees lined up uh, along here. I love our architects. Um, they are just amazing. Two men of God that are just passionate about land and about protecting what God um, has, has placed on this property. So we see fruit trees coming along the, the side here. We ultimately see this is as you kept on driving straight. If you will see right here, you can see a little red Right there. There's a pole barn there, which right now it houses um, like our tractor, things like that. Well, to the right of that, just a little bit over here is where the prayer house is going to go. It's another thing I could tell you story after story when I was in Reading. And we'd go to the prayer house. It was one of the most, some of the most angelic moments I've ever had in my life were in this prayer house in Reading, just life-changing encounters with God, but we want to have a house where people can come in as a community just to worship and pray, just to be with Jesus. But that's the view it will, will be. It'll be right through there. And ultimately, what I'm super excited about, we're getting ready to plant here um, in the next month. We're getting ready to put a garden on top of this hill right here, which I'll take that. If you look, this is where the, it used to be, uh, I don't know what they're called, the corral where they used to run horses and things like that. So on top of this ridge right here, we're going to do um, a, a garden up there. And first, there's another shot of the prayer house. In that, again, that's the red pole barn. This is about where the prayer house will go. I'm so excited about that. In this, this is another spot where you just can see the top of the ridge where the garden will be. In the garden, the first thing, we did, got our soil tested and one of our architects knows a lot about gardening, a lot about soil. He's done a lot of different work. His, uh, what he's doing right now, I had some of his lettuce, some of his organic lettuce. It was four weeks old. It was the best lettuce I ever had. The spores on the lettuce were beautiful. It was so good. <laughs> Is this weird? I just had a weird moment with you guys. How'd y'all get in my room? That was strange. So it was good. But right now we need to put um, nutrients back in the soil. So the first thing that we're going to plant is in the garden, we're going to plant some 
uh, pardon me, that was buckwheat, that shot right there, that's buckwheat, which will put nutrition back in the soil for the next year. The whole entire goal for the garden will be to put nutrition back in the soil, nutrients. So we're excited about just putting life back in the land. There's this testimony I once heard, and there's something about dedicating land to the Lord. God likes it. He likes land. He made it. It's his. There's something about when we recognize it's his. And I, I love some of the, the old principles of farming and things like that. But I was at this a pastor's event, and I heard this testimony regarding this gentleman who his wine vats, his vats from his orchard were producing four times the amount of wine than they should. And his olive oil was ended up in some of the top restaurants in Paris while um, prior to him praying over the land and dedicating it to God, which was three years before that, he was just doing nothing. They were scraping to get why. They got out there, got some prophets on the land, got some different people just to declare over the land. The land began to change. And they begin to have stories. It sounds like the children of Israel going to the promised land, huh? And they go, look scary out there. A lot of people are afraid. There's giants. And what does Caleb and Joshua see? Just big old fatty grapes. Just probably drunk on those puppies in a good way, in a godly way. Don't be drunk with wine now. Come on, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, people. Anyway, so anyway, we, we see stuff like this happening on our land and just connected with us. This is ultimately where the barn will go, right over here. We're launching this today, pardon me, it launched on Wednesday, which is in our website, which is in the Bethel Atlanta website. If you go to Bethel Atlanta right now, Bethel Health is up there, and it, the description of Bethel Health, here it is, the, the launch of it. We have everything clear. If you're curious about any more things, or if you're just somebody who wants to apply today, you're able to do that there to get any of these inner healing worlds. There's testimonies up there. Don't you love testimonies? God, do it again. Just encouragement. Encouragement is life-changing. And so there's places for you to get encouraged there and just find what God did in other people's lives so you can say, God, do that right here. We're also doing this, which I'm super excited about, which we just launched this morning. So we are going to do a community online called Bethel Health on Instagram. The purpose is actually to be around community, one to another, that uh, we get to grow together. It's a big deal to grow together. And so we will be doing monthly challenges. In April, we're going to launch the, the Renewed Mind Challenge, which we're going to gather together um, online and then in small groups and in different areas. We're going to talk about it here, too. Is just how do you grow? Because how many people you do... How many um, have walked it? Don't actually raise your hand. But we hear awesome messages all the time. But a lot of times we just forget and go about our life. There's something about being reminded about what God's doing. And when you have friends walking together and reminding one another, how's your hope level? You taking those thoughts captive? How about that one? And this is what this online community will be, is just a place where people can grow in health, um, just on their health journey, of just growing in Jesus, growing in community, growing one to another. So that's the launch of Bethel Health, guys. So we're super excited about that.
Everybody turn with me to Ephesians. I just pretty much have one point and one story. Ephesians 4. Starting, uh, yeah, let's start in verse 11. And he gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunningness, by crafty, craftiness in deceitful schemes. Verse 15, rather speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, for whom the whole body was joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Then each part is working properly, making the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Say, I want to be built up in love. So there's a lot of camps out there right now that are talking either truth or love. I don't hear too many that know how to marry the two together. And the only way I know how to marry those two together is by relationship. Say relationship. Most of the confronting or most of the feedback or most of the honesty I see happening out there, whether it's social media or people that I'm talking to, has nothing to do with the context of relationship. And then a lot of the love that I'm hearing about has nothing to do with truth because truth is founded in one person, which his name is Jesus. God is love. No separation. He is love. He is truth. And he doesn't fuzzy or, or blur boundaries, but he also isn't going around like a fire hose yelling at everybody, you're wrong, you're right, you're wrong. And so Jen and I have just been, we've been remodeling our house. Extend your hand to Justin, just pray for him. I just finished 2,200 uh, square feet of hardwood floor. Last night, thank you, Lord. Wow, it was a lot. Um, and so we, we were we were building, we're 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 remodeling our home because we're we're looking forward to just some things that God is going to do in, in Jen and I's life. And I, I what I'm what I want to highlight tonight is this word feedback. Everybody say feedback. As I've been remodeling the house, I've been listening to 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, and 1 Kings over and over and over again the last month and a half. And I noticed this theme, which starts off with Samuel and Eli. Eli 
has a massive problem because Eli doesn't know how to confront his sons. His sons are just doing chaos. Read it, it's crazy. His sons are taking the, 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 the women that are serving at the temple and sleeping with them. They're taking, they're stealing the, the, the fat of the offering. They're just doing a whole bunch of wicked things. And Eli doesn't know how to say anything. You see Samuel's first act. Samuel's dedicated to God from Hannah. And she dedicates him to the Lord And Samuel comes in on the scene, and the Lord speaks to Samuel. And Samuel doesn't know it's the Lord, so Samuel goes to Eli, and he says, did you call? No, no. And this happens three times. And then Eli finally says, the Lord's speaking to you. Say, here I am. That's actually what he said, too. That's awesome. (laughs) You guys are very receptive tonight. And the very first act that Samuel had to do was confront Eli. There's nothing, for a lot of people, I should say it like this, there's nothing harder than confronting the fathers and mothers in your life. And he had to give feedback to a father in his life. Well, you fast forward and you begin to move through that book and you see that Saul comes on the the scene and Samuel's confronting. Samuel knew how to confront Saul. Samuel knew how to be a father in that place. He knew how to be a father with everybody else than his actually own sons. He couldn't confront his own sons either, which is interesting. So then, you know, the story of, uh, of Saul, and then you, you walk into David, and David comes on the scene, this man after God's own heart, and David was so amazing. But even David... I love it in, here in 2 Samuel 11, pardon me, in 2 Samuel 12, how you know that Samuel is a man after God's own heart, one of the ways is because he knew how to receive feedback. He knew how to receive honesty. He knew how to receive um, loving correction. And you see Nathan come on the scene and you know, he, he tells the story about, about the sheep. The one guy had many, many lambs. The other guy stole. The one guy had a lamb in his own household. And in his own household, they nurtured the lamb, loved the lamb. And the man with, the, um, with, with all the sheep ends up stealing his lamb to prepare a feast for some a guest that come. And David gets all irate. David's a justice guy. You see David out there with the sword. And those mighty men, I'm sorry, if you haven't read that story in a long time, those, those mighty men were crazy. There's some killing going on in that book. So anyway, hands freezing to swords and killing thousands of people. Just awesome, sorry. All the, is that bad that I just said that? <laughs> it's old covenant. Come on now, people. Stay with me here. So see, um, Nathan confronts David, and David's, who is this guy? We're going to put him to death, and I love Nathan. What does he look at him? You are that man. It's like this moment. You know, David's response was, was not like other people's response. Saul started to make excuses when Samuel confronts Saul. It sounds like the Adam, doesn't it? Adam and Eve, they love to make excuses. 
Adam's excuse, it's the woman's fault. It's the woman you gave me. It's her fault. Look at her. Good old Eve. It's the devil, that serpent. Curse that thing. It's his fault. You put the serpent here. But the one thing that stood out about David is immediately when he got it confronted, he knew what to do with confrontation. What did he do? He actually repented. He had the heart of what it looked like to be a son. What I've found with so many people over and over and over is who is in your life right now that can give you honest, real, face-to-face, loving, gentle feedback? I don't know many people. Why? Most likely it's because our culture is so independent. And I don't know, but independence leads to death. Codependence leads to death. Interdependence leads to life. It's connected to a body that's connected in truth and love. And so at that moment, I love it, David repents. And he was able just to say, whoa, it is me. I am that man. There's something about people that can receive feedback. And what's so interesting to me is when you're looking at the context of family, even David, David didn't know how to confront his own sons. Absalom comes on the scene. He doesn't know how to confront him because he kills his brother, because his brother slept with his sister. He didn't know how to come and give feedback to his own sons. And what I want to tell you, and what I'm super excited about creating a culture, nobody can take your sonship, your daughterhood, who you are in Christ away from you. Nobody can take it. But all I know is humility comes before honor, Proverbs says. There's something about a humble heart that's able to get feedback, seek out people that can speak into your life. And the story I want to tell tonight is when I was uh, 16, my dreams prior to being 16 were to be a farmer, which looks like I'll be kind of doing that, (laughs) and a zoologist. That's part of it too, I guess. And then by the time I was 15, 16, I got the call of the Lord into ministry. Kind of joking about that and not at all. It was true. I felt this call, Justin, you're going to be a youth pastor. You're going to shape this culture. And in that moment when I was 15, 16 years old and I got that call, it was a life-changing moment where everything I had done and started to do, I loved being on worship teams. I was in worship. Uh, we used to travel around our little county and, and lead worship and, and do all these different things um, in the area of just with worship. And I remember that call just to, 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 to begin to preach and, and call a generation just into the greatness of the kingdom, call high school students and junior high students. And so I literally, from 16 um, on until what was it, 2009, I had given myself to one thing, and that was to be a youth pastor. And that was to serve this generation in, in revival. And 
I youth pastor in Bethel Redding for a little while. I was the junior high youth pastor. I moved to Humboldt County back there with Jen and myself. And I was just giving my life to, to the youth. And we had an amazing, we had an amazing group of kids. We had kids that during, um, during lunch, they'd get up on picnic tables and call out words of knowledge. You'd be like, you right there, I see, you have a hurt leg? They'd be like, you know, no brace, nothing on there. Yeah, I have a hurt leg. Well, Jesus is going to heal you right now. They go off the picnic table, go over to the person, uh, pray for the person, command healing. That person was on um, cross-country running for the previous two years, hadn't been able to run for two years because they had a knee injury, totally get healed that day. The week later, they joined the cross-country team again. So these were all students. They were just furious for God. In a good way. A little too furious sometime. One time they're on a picnic table and the principal said, you got to get off the picnic table. And they're like, you can't persecute me. I'm doing this for Jesus. You know, they did hold that thing. Like, this is persecution. And the principal was like, uh, no, it's just raining outside and we don't want you to fall. No, this is persecution. They got all arms. We got persecuted for our faith. Thank you, Jesus. It was just this whole thing. And we're like, I'm like, uh, and the principal at that time, because we used to go into the principal's office, my, me and Scott Thompson, and we used to prophesy over her. We gave her a prophetic watch one time. Just talked to her that she was just called to, to bring life to this generation, to educate this generation, just releasing the kingdom. So we ended up going in there. I'm so sorry, my students. They haven't quite learned this thing. They thought that was being persecuted for their faith, and you were just trying to protect them. Thank you for that. So just, you know, we, I start this thing called Encounter Humble. Well, I, I start gathering. There's about, you know, our, our, our county itself was only 120,000 people. Uh, the largest city had uh, 23,000 people in it. There was a university there, and I used to go into schools and release prayer. We'd get principals and, and, and pastors to dedicate the schools to the Lord and have these big worship services and on the campuses and just bring in revival. And then... My, my, my two senior leaders come to me and they say, Justin, we want to have a conversation with you. And I said, can't talk now. I'm burning for revival for this generation. They say, no, you're... And they say, hey, we just want to tell you, we think that your season of youth pastoring is coming to an end. Get thee behind me, Satan! <laughs> Devil, come out of these men! They've been blinded. And I, I look at them and I'm like, I am not joking. In 2009, 10, I, I was going to be youth pastoring until I was 60. I mean, I'd been trained by banning Leapshire. You're just giving your life to this generation. And we had seen so many amazing things. And I had somebody, two people who loved me, but saw some things that I was blind in. And gave me some feedback. At first, I'm not joking, I really was like, stinking leaders in the church, they're always so controlling. They're just trying to control your life. They just want to tell you what to do. This is that spirit of religion and control, Jezebel thing, we just... No, they loved me. And they saw something that I was blind to see. The only time you're probably going to be able to see these things are in the context of family. Mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters. 
But guess what? Most of us don't have somebody or people that are speaking into our life in that way. And we have a lot of those stories of what are you doing trying to control me? I can look back on that situation now, and that was a hard year and a half for me. But I love it. They were in the context of family. And the one said, Justin, I see this evangelism gifts on you. He saw that because I would love to pray for the sick. I love to, to talk to people about Jesus. I don't think it's, that's part of my ministry uh, in that way, meaning as a five-fold evangelist. But he saw that on me, so he's like, we want you to lead to, um, teams that are in our school of ministry. We want you to go around and evangelize. So I, you know, we had my buddy Chris Overstreet come over. Oh, man, Chris Overstreet is a kick in the pants. Within, like, no joke, two hours, he led seven people to Jesus. He would just walk up to him. He'd be like, hey, sir, do you know Jesus? And they'd be like, uh, no, I don't. I don't. And he'd be like, do you want to? And they'd be like, no joke. Yes, I do. I am not joking. Just like this gift on his life. I'm like, how do you do that? Uh, and so I started, and that led me on to the adventure and the thing that I'm doing now. Because I was open to receive feedback. I hear so many people talk about the culture of honor. And they always say stupid things like... I'm not going to confront them because I don't want to hurt their feelings. Why is that dumb? They need feedback to grow. Come on, preach that sermon. They need feedback to change. Because guess what? We're blind on purpose in some areas. Why? Because you need the brother on your right. You need the sister on your left. You need the mother and father in front of you. But we're blind to it. And guess what? Nobody can force you to do this. We found that out as American adults, didn't we? You can't tell me what to do. I'm going to leave. <laughs> it's true though, huh? And again, I don't know about you, but nobody in this church has time to control you. <laughs> Just being honest. I'll speak for myself. I got too many plates spinning to control you. Because guess what? At the end of the day, I can't. It's impossible for another human being to control you. But if we learn how to position ourselves as sons and daughters, one to another, not because I'm perfect, he's perfect, she's perfect, he's perfect. Nobody's perfect. That one person you want to speak into your life, the Bill Johnson, you know, there's always like that one person. I just want him to speak into my life. And then they start speaking into your life, and they're like, oh, they're human too, oh no. Where'd all these humans come from? Jesus, then we do what we do. I'm only going to have you speak into my life. Then we become an independent island. And then you start having no fun things happen. Not because God's mad. He's not mad at all. But because this is all about family. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about an I. It's about a we. It's about a family. For the rest of eternity... We will be together in the context of family. In heaven, it'll be perfect. Down here, you get to grow. The best way to do that is rub some shoulders with somebody. Iron sharpens iron. The only way to do this is this position of sonship, though. And nobody can force you to do that. Again, how many of you have the slave card? I still have that. When anytime the father says, jump, I'm going to jump. 
meaning we are called to obey, to be obedient. But at the same moment, the next moment, he has a friend conversation with you, right? And he's like, you choose. And you're like, I can't choose. And then we pray the prayer that we all pray. God, rescue me. God, rescue me. And the father looks down and says, I already did. That's what I did 2,000 years ago on the cross. I rescued you so I could take you from the wilderness to the promised land. So let's start with some promised land living together. Why don't you stand with me? And honestly, I hope this stung a little bit. It stings a lot. I have, I have years of testimonies, hard stories of this kind of stuff. No matter what sphere of influence you're in, your main position is a son. Your title is never doctor, apostle, CEO. That's not your title. That's a function of who you are. Your title is son. Your title is daughter. Your title is mother and father. It's the one title that the King of Kings, Lord of Lords wanted to go by, which is Abba, Father, Daddy, God. This is worth living and dying for. So just put your hand on your heart. Father, we just release the spirit of sonship in here. That place that would open up our lives, obviously, to you, Jesus, being the great apostle. Being the one who, who died so that we might reign in life. But I pray that we posture ourselves one to another. One to another. It's not about the person in the pulpit speaking in my life. It's about my brothers and sisters around me. It's about true family, true friendship. They can actually bring, pull out those places of blindness into a place of vision so we have that glorious side of the kingdom. Because we're all called to bring the kingdom of heaven and destroy the kingdom of hell. And so I just thank you for sons and daughters that position their heart in this way. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.